Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Bcast, Bostrom's association podcast dedicated to talking about trends, uh, insights, and early anything interesting going on in the world of association management. Today's guest is John D., CEO of Bostrom, who recently took the helm of this 90-year-old organization back on January 1. We're going to dive into his insights about what's happening in the world of association management post-COVID, digital transformation, financial management strategies, innovation in terms of education and content delivery, and more. So, John, welcome to the podcast. Now, you've been with Bostrom for 30 years, but January 1, you took the helm as CEO. So, what's your first six months been like? Well, it's, it's you know, as you mentioned, um, taking over a 90-year company could be rather daunting. Um, I do have the 30 years of experience, which is um, very beneficial, obviously. Um, um, but really, the way that we we approach the succession plan has has been in place for about five years. We've been we've been working on on the plan itself back in 2018, and with that, and then with the pandemic coming in 2020, it slowed us down a little bit and actually worked to our benefit. It allowed us to be much more methodical as we were putting together new leadership teams within the company and and sorting a lot of things out. So. Um, by the time January 1st came, I would say I was pretty comfortable stepping into that role. And uh, so far, so good for the first six months. Are there any, you know, that that's amazing, like stepping into that role the first six months, but you're also coming out of COVID, you know, out of two years in the association industry that were, you know, very disruptive. So are there any trends that you're seeing with financial management, technology, customer strategies, anything that, that you see popping up, um, you know, that you find challenging or as an opportunity? Yes, for sure. There's um, those things you mentioned. They're all very relevant in uh, today's association management, obviously. Um, first of all, you mentioned financial uh, um, implications from the pandemic itself. Um, investment funds were hit hit pretty well during the pandemic because of right. the drop in revenues throughout uh, that period with cancellation of meetings and different things like that. And then that became coupled with with the stock market issues of 2022, which as groups were just starting to get revenue streams back and the like, um, soon ha- had to deal with a loss on investments, you know, al- albeit unrealized it was still you know the the hit to their financial statements so that gave a lot of organizations and and boards pause during that process um during the pandemic itself i had 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 many consultative meetings with boards um explaining to them that 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 that's the purpose of the rainy day fund is um, for, for these types of circumstances and, um, basically trying to convince boards that it was raining outside and it was time to dip into those funds. And that was more challenging than I thought, to be honest. They still, because of years of practice of holding very tight to those purse strings, um, many, many organizations weren't, weren't comfortable taking that on. And, 
and beginning the process of depleting some of those to keep programs going. Many, many did, however. And then, like I said, just this past year with the investment losses that many organizations suffered through, uh, um, that's been challenging. Thankfully, the first six months of 2023 seems to be working its way out of that. So hopefully um, that's moving in the right direction. Um, the other trend that that's very strong is a trend towards outsourcing, to be honest, which has been beneficial for an organization like ours, an association management company. Um, during the pandemic, many, many, many organizations need to cut back on staff and and make some very hard decisions. And now as they start to move out, out of that area, um, they're starting to ramp back up and, and being very strategic at the way they do it. So they're not necessarily just replacing people that had been on staff before, but taking a step back and looking if there's a different way to do that. And many times it is outsourcing certain functions as opposed to rebuilding the staff team that you had in the past. So um, we're seeing that a lot on the meeting side, uh, marketing as well. Um, um, those kind of areas are basically been growth for us over, over the past 12 to 18 months. Um, meetings, themselves, as I mentioned, many, many are back in person now. Um, um, ob obviously, we worked with many organizations to pivot to virtual meetings during the pandemic. And then coming out of the pandemic, the high hybrid way, way of meeting and um, uh, some of those changes will be long lasting. There's a lot of professional societies that saw a great benefit of of moving to a virtual environment for their education. And many of them reach customers that they had never reached before with an in-person conference. So we're seeing um, that staying in place there. The trade organizations, many of them want to be back in person. Many, mm -hmm. many, many of our trade organization clients have come to, to us and say, if you set up another Zoom, we will we will never attend it. So um, they they really want to be back in person. We're seeing the growth of those coming back as well. So um, those are all good news on that front. But again, uh, uh, some of those things that took place during the pandemic will uh, be here and they'll be something that we'll be dealing with for a long time. Um, the last thing you mentioned was technology. Um, um, Bostrom, part of our succession planning, we had a a five-year strategic plan and a big part of that strategic plan was also uh, um, digital transformation and what technology was going to do and actually Jeannie you headed up that effort for us um, but but that continues to to evolve um, AI and chat GPT and all those different kind of things are just um, um, seem to be coming at us a lot faster than they used to. So, so very glad that um, we put that group together back when we did back in 2019 to start looking at things. And we really started with a blank slate. We started with, um, do associations really need an AMS? You know, those kind of conversations. We really wanted to start from the ground zero. So I don't know, Jeannie, if you wanted to add a little bit about that yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when you talk about the boards and the changes they made coming out of COVID, what I loved about the opportunity that came about with boards is that they made quick decisions. Like they were forced 
to make very, very quick decisions about their meetings, about cancellation, about hybrid, about virtual education. What did that mean? How do we monetize content? All of those things seem to move so fast coming out of COVID and technology played a huge part of that, you know? So I think it, it was great to, to lead that digital transformation task force and, um, you know, really think about, um, you know, how is technology going to add efficiency and innovative programming to associations in the future? And I think that the willingness of boards to move faster, to look at new technologies in a different way, you know, uh, that that really made our jobs interesting in the last few years and hopefully in the future too. So John, what does your job look like in the next six to 12 months? Well, one thing I've spent the first six months on is really developing a network of fellow CEOs that I've known for a period of time that I admire in the industry. And then really, you know, setting up that network. So I have that peer group that kind of, um, tap into from time to time to uh, speak to about certain issues that uh, may be unique to the CEO role that I'm not as familiar with. So um, I made it a point the first six months on the job to schedule one of those meetings each month with a different person. And through that, I've, I've started to develop that network. So making sure to keep those connections, I think will be very important. There's other avenues to do that as well through some of our industry associations. So I plan to um, take a more active role in the leadership component of those groups in order to do that as well. So that's from a personal standpoint, kind of, of uh, the plan there from a, uh, a job specific area. You know, the main thing is really taking care of our employees and the care and feeding of them. Um, obviously the job market has uh, been very stressful for, for all businesses and, uh, uh, um, the association industry is no different than those. Um, uh, we've been growing, so we've been looking to add on to our staff. And at the same time, we've dealt dealt with some of the uh, transitions that, that many other firms have dealt with, with people moving on to other opportunities as well. Um, as uh, most people know, COVID did kind of give people a another lease on life in a lot of areas where they're looking to do things maybe a, maybe maybe a little bit differently than they had done in the past and look into different job opportunities and things in different areas and different careers that they uh, may not have thought of back in uh, 2019. So we've dealt with our share of that. And like I said, with the growth, trying to keep that going is important. Uh, cost of employment obvious, obviously is a major issue for a small business like ours. Uh, um, the market continues to drive salaries and uh, we want to make sure that that fits in properly to the service model that we have and the clients that we serve. Um, the other side of that is uh, making sure as our employees are our greatest asset, we, we, we want to take care of them. And that, and that goes through a lot of different areas. We started a uh, culture roadmap again, back in like 2019, where we are really focused on career paths for uh, um, our employees for professional development. There is a major DEI segment of that uh, um, that's also involved. So really working with all of our people managers on, on, on trainings and strategies of working through different issues and all those kind of things. So we've really invested a lot of that in the past few months and we're, or past few years actually. And, um, 
Um, we're starting to see some of the fruits of that as, as uh, we move forward here, but that's an ongoing thing. That's not a one and done type of situation, something you need to keep in the forefront all throughout. And uh, um, now I think it is important within my role to uh, not, not, not only support the leadership team that's in place in order to do that, but also have, have that impact with all of our employees and to make sure that they understand the culture of the organization and what we're trying to achieve here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate um, for the next six to 12 months, but uh, you know, it's a, it's an environment you're well-versed in. So I, I am sure it will be successful. Um, at the end of every podcast, we do a mix of what, uh, some people out there might find familiar in terms of a Proust questionnaire or a mix of what James Lipton used to do at the actor's studio, which is a rapid fire question and answer period. So I am going to throw some questions at you. And the first thing that comes to your mind, one word, a phrase, however you want to answer it. Um, it's just a very quick Q&A to just give the audience a little bit more insight into who you are, John. Are you ready? Interesting. Sure. <laughs> All right. What is your current state of mind? Stressed. <laughs> what do you most value in your colleagues at Bostrom? Humor. What characteristic makes you well-suited for working with associations? Being a father and coach. Very good. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Hmm. That's a good one. I'll say becoming CEO of Bostrom. (laughs) Who is your favorite client at Bostrom? Hmm. You're trying to get me in trouble. They're all (laughs) my favorite. (laughs) who's your favorite employee Jeannie she thank you thank you (laughs) all right which talent would you most like to have I am not artistic at all and be it be it drawing or painting or music or anything I would love to have any artistic talent oh that's great what is your favorite word? Favorite word? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. Favorite word. What's my go-to word? Yeah. No idea. I'll do two words. Game on. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) All right. Last question. And then we'll put you out of your misery for this podcast. What profession other than working with associations would you like to attempt? Oh, well, I've been very active as a volunteer athletic coach in multiple different sports and have always said if 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 this didn't work out for me uh, um, after 30 years, I'd be a high school teacher and coach. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thank you, John. Um, Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Um, You were a very good sport. Uh, And thanks to everyone um, for listening in. And we'll see you at the next VCast.